Uh, hey guys, welcome to the Project Esports podcast. I'm uh, I'm James Graham. Um, we're short Andrew tonight, but we have uh, we have filled his spot with a uh, with a guest host, um, Will Campbell. Um, he's the other gentleman you see if you're watching our, our feed, or you're going to be hearing him throughout the podcast. Um, and he's the one that's not Andrew. <laughs> and of course, I have uh, Dylan with me as well. Um, there we go. Perfect. Um, so yeah, uh, Will, why don't you give us a bit of a background? I know they they all know about myself and Dylan, but uh, yeah, yeah man. Sure. So kind of how I got the in here, I actually used to go to uh, high school with Jamie. That's how we, we met. Um, but kind of my background in, uh, in competitive sports, I started out, uh, I mean, playing, you know, back when the first you know, Xbox 360 came out. But when I really started playing competitively, competitively was in COD 4. Um, that was the bit the big game for me um i actually stopped after that I still follow the call of duty franchise but i actually worked for game battles uh i was actually the assistant head admin uh for the, whatever the current call of duty title was um so basically my job my job entailed um basically just handling handling disputes making sure that that people are being you know playing the game right not cheating enforcing the rules making sure that uh, there's a there's a, a platform and a, and a place for people to play and compete you know and have it have it be a fair have it be a fair game um, I kind of took some time uh, off after that, and then I returned back uh, into playing competitive Call of Duty back when Remastered came out um, two years ago, and and really picked it up and haven't stopped then. I, I, I played uh, competitive Fortnite um, since that game's come out, and I've sw- since made the switch over to um, uh, Black Ops 4 since it's uh, since it's been released, and, and I gotta say I'm having a real good time, real fun time with that game. <laughs> yeah. So been been around been on the been on the playing side the competitive playing side if, if any if anyone remembers Helix Gaming from um, COD Four days we were we were a pretty big team uh, back in the day uh, we were we were known as the only comp- competitive pro hardcore team um, and that's why everyone hated us because they never got to play us unless they play hardcore but um, yeah that was kind of my background I helped develop that team uh, and then when that team kind of broke away as people started to leave the team. Um, that's when I made my transition over to the, the support side of the game. The, like the, the admin kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to say, that was a lot of fun too. That was a lot of fun. A lot of work. <laughs> uh, not the greatest pay at the time. Obviously, esports wasn't wasn't what it is now back then. Um, so that was ultimately why I stopped doing that. But um, it was a ton of fun. And I, I love trying to give back to the, the community as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is a different kind of uh, a different kind of. I don't want to say I don't want to say rush, but it's a different. You know, you, you feel accomplished in a different way when you do the admin yeah. shit. It feels it feels really really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you learn yeah. to respect the game a lot more too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. So uh, yeah, guys. Um, first, we'll kind of start off with the uh, the housekeeping, as uh, as Andrew likes to call it. Um, as you as most know, uh, we're now associated with the with the game house. We have that lovely lovely subscribe button, which is great. So if you want to hit us with that that Twitch Prime, feel free. We do we do appreciate it. We love it. Um, we'll be thanking everybody later in the podcast because we that's that's what we do. We're internally grateful. <laughs> um, but as well, anybody who uh, anybody who was uh, who follow us on our, our social? We did have a uh, we did have a giveaway going on for the last week. Um, yeah, we got some we got some pretty good traction with that. A lot of people seemed interested. It's definitely something we're going to be doing in the future. Um, it was kind of it was you know it's fun. It's it's good to see all the interactions, and I'm genuinely interested to see like what you, you know uh, what the winner takes if they want you know if they if they have a particular team and stuff like that. I'm always interested to find out like who's everybody's like favorite team and stuff like that, especially in the esports side of things. I like to know the like the background and stuff like that. 
But uh, yeah, Dylan, if you can think of anything, man. Are, are we announcing the winner? Do we get announced? Uh, I think we're gonna do it later on the Twitter. I think that's what Andrew wanted to do. All right, so tune into the Twitter to see who. Yeah, won. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, okay. We're gonna do it live. Okay. Perfect. Okay. okay. I have it up here. If you want me to read it off. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, man. All right. So the winner of the giveaway is at Cho Gall. That's with uh with a zero. So that's Eugene Cho. Congratulations, you won, boy. Congrats, my dude. Damn, I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that would have looked so bad. I was banking on that. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So yeah, man, congratulations. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, with that, with now that we've got the uh, the housekeeping kind of done and out of the way, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Dylan, I know this isn't a subject that you usually like to cover too too much, mainly because I just I usually kind of talk a mile a minute and then. We just kind of go on from there, but uh, will feel free to feel free to weigh in, my friend. Um, so the worlds for League of Legends is ongoing right now, um, and it has been an absolute absolute mess. It's been an upset after upset after upset because now we're at the point where, and spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched yet or is watching VODs later on, um, we there's no Korean teams left. All Korean teams are eliminated. Um, there's only one Chinese team left and there's two European and one North American cloud nine is the only North American team to actually make it into the semis, um, alongside G2 Esports and Fnatic. Um, the one team out of China is Invictus gaming. Um, they beat the, the high, high favorites of KT Rolster. Um, RNG got beat up by G2. Like this world is a mess right now. World, like nobody knows what the hell's going on. Nobody knows. Every, every, every caster, every, Every like every person esports personality is, is blown away. They don't know what to think um, because for the last oh my god, we think since season two, so the last five years we've had nothing but Korean champions. Before that, it was Taiwan, and then for season one, it was Europe. It was Fnatic, um, way way back in the day before it was really before it was really really this competitive. So um, yeah, it's 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 been a roller coaster. It's fun to watch. The, the unfortunate part is for a lot of North American fans is that. It airs. It starts airing at 1 a.m. and then the second match is typically at 5 a.m. So it's been really difficult to get like the viewership. But of course, Riot's been fairly good about it. They've been replaying it throughout the day and stuff like that, so you can always have a chance to catch up. Um, the big thing is that everybody's taking away from this is that you know it's that classic. The gap is closing. Um, but the game, like at this point, the gap's legitimately closed. Like because we've we've since superseded the Koreans for once. <laughs> um, it, it feels kind of nice. It feels it feels nice to be able to watch that happen. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's really the big rant, but I don't want to get too, too into it because it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a tons of material, there's tons of source material on it. Um, the VODs, I highly recommend for anybody to watch every game I've watched is so far has been incredibly entertaining. There hasn't been one game that I was like, oh, this is just like, you know, painful to sit through. Um, they, like, and I think it's just really the, the, the meta that's, that's really taking place right now. It's a lot of skirmishes, a lot of team fighting. That's like, that seems to be the really... The, the 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 real big shtick of the of the game right now so and it's and i think it's really benefited the western play style it's it's really great to see um yeah dylan will feel free to feel away i don't know how much <laughs> i i actually have a couple questions yeah hit so me, hit me. i i think it's pretty interesting because you know that that skill gap kind of has always been there um not just mm -hmm. in league of legends but for all games i mean mm -hmm. um just coming from a starcraft background that was like always the biggest meme is that there was koreans and then if you weren't korean you were a foreigner basically yeah. um so what what do you think is leading up to this you know 
skill gap getting closed and any actually being to, to have a fighting chance? Um, I think I think one big factor is the actual the generation of players being kind of cycled through. The old guard of the Korean rosters have have basically slowly started like to die off almost, right? This is the first year we haven't even seen Faker at, at, at Worlds, right? So I think a lot of this new talent is trying to get used to being at the world stage. Um, I mean, to a degree, because the the, the old the old champions, uh, Gen G, were there and they did get eliminated fairly early. Um, but I think that's I think the inexperience is one thing, which is killing them. Um, I think it's 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 based on the 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 new guard coming in doesn't know how to deal with the Western aggression. So I think that's been a factor in it as well. And then I think. It's just the, the the way the game is set up right now um, that has kind of really benefited again the Western play style. It's this early game team fighting, like just being scrappy as hell. Um, so I think that's I think that's kind of the biggest the biggest takeaway right now is those two factors: new rosters and the way the meta is set up. It really it really benefits the West. Now, do you think this is going to keep going on? Like, do you think this is like it's if the gap is closed now, or do you think this is one off? I think this is a one-off. I genuinely think this is a, a year that um, some of the newer teams needed a chance to get a crack at Worlds and see how it goes. I mean, KT, KT, like KT Rolster does did have like, which is the first seed of Korea, had, had, has had people that have been to Worlds before, but as that roster, they haven't been together. Um, Freak of Freaks, which is the second seed out of uh, out of uh, Ch- uh, Korea, they hadn't been there at all except for one player. So they had they had like no idea what the pressures were like or anything like that. So I think that is also a pretty big. A pretty big deal as well so i think once we once we see this switched up it'll be a different story now china china has no excuse china has sent like three teams they've all they've all been to worlds they all know this they all know the deal um but they just didn't want to they just didn't want to show up i guess it was real real bizarre um believe it or not uh one of the players that came to china if you don't have anything anything to kind of build on that dylan um i can kind of move into our next little bit bit um rng's marksman player uzi is now sponsored by nike which is yeah which is pretty which is pretty big for any league legend he's the first he's the first one ever to get uh, a nike sponsorship it's crazy um do either you guys think that this is going to be like a reoccurring trend that this is just kind of like the 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 start of uh of like major sponsorships yeah it kind of brings you back to um when nade shot signed with red bull and that Mm. was like that was like the big thing right it was like what like no one had ever considered uh, any pro gamer, uh, you know, an athlete or, a, you know, a com- you know, they didn't think it was a, a liable business, you know, venture for any company. And when Red Bull signed Nate Shot, it was huge for them. Right. So I think I'm, I'm actually surprised that with the growth, especially with with big titles like Fortnite hopping into pop culture. I'm yeah. surprised that it hasn't actually it's not happening more now. I think I think you're going to see it a lot. Uh, over the over just with with how big Twitch has become and how big these gaming titles are getting, I think you're going to see it happen, you know, a lot over the next few years. Yeah, do we think this is going to be like I'm curious to get, kind of get your guys' opinion on like, do you think it's going to be like what brands, like what major brands are going to sponsor these guys? Do we like I mean Nike's Nike's like streetwear, athletic wear. Do we think it's going to be kind of limited to that and and like again, like Red Bull and, and and stuff like that, or do we think there's gonna be like like you know offshoot things like like car companies and stuff like that? As we've kind of seen with like China, like the Chinese the Chinese domestic region is sponsored by Mercedes Benz. So do we think with this that's gonna be transitioned to the players, or do you think it's gonna stay strictly clothing? What do you guys think? 
I think that it'll depend on whoever the personality is, right? Like if if someone if the platform is there with Twitch uh, for for the most part and YouTube for people to show off who they really are. And I think brands are going to follow them depending on what kind of individual they present themselves as, right? So if, if you if you have say like a prime example would be if, if you had a big you know content creator that was always dressed up and you know really liked fashion and really liked to dress, well, you might see clothing companies jump on, okay, right? and try and get you know what I mean. So it really depends, I think, on on who the person is. I think I think the brands will be more reactive than proactive in, in trying to find people and who they who they give money to. Yeah, Dylan, what do you think? All right, so. Dylan Beal, director of global esports for every esport. I have I have a plan, right? Okay. All right, you, hit you me. You take hit a me. shoe company. Maybe not the coolest shoe company out there. Skechers, then. Skechers. Maybe <laughs> some New Balances, you know? Got to get that dad wear out there, right? Dad company, wear, yeah. company like that. Sponsors like a ninja, right? All so the kids think- will be buying it. New Balances, Skechers, premium clothing, then. Um, they'll do what they did with, uh, I think it was Champions, right? That, that that clothing company, how they were just like random wear that like no one really wore, and then all of a sudden they just became super in fashion. It's gonna be like that. So you so you think you think clothing companies are actually gonna piggyback off the success of players, fight the other way so. around? No, I, I I think so. I think uh, from like a not meme perspective, um, I think a lot of like companies like uh, like Mercedes Benz and stuff like that, that's falls in line with like, you know, deals like Coke and Visa, you know, they're right. like overarching sponsorships. Um, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot of personal, like more personal brand sponsorships. So like, uh, like, you know, how like Jordans are really big, you know, why not, yeah. why not have one with Faker or something, you know, like, yeah. like, like something like that. Um, I think like, you know, maybe like street fashion or something will be super in trend with esports. maybe overall. Uh, maybe I, I, I see that more of like, uh, teams themselves making these clothes, um, kind of like what we were seeing out of. I think it was uh, what's the Overwatch team that's not Dallas Fuel that's in Texas. Uh, it's Houston Outlaws. Yeah, Houston Outlaws. Like how they had their kind of like sort of streetwear kind of stuff. We'll see that. Right. I think from more personal basis. But if you want to get like a uh, actual like single player kind of uh, kind of sponsorships, I think we'll see it from like Nike or something like that, or, or some some like bigger fashion brand like that. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Well, the a prime example you've seen—I uh, don't know if you guys ever follow the channel, but Doctor Disrespect mm-hmm. signed a yeah. deal with Gillette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoever would have put that connection together, esports and Gillette, right? So uh, there's a prime example. It's just because his amazing mustache. Well, the, <laughs> well, that's just it. It's it's just it's exactly what Dylan said. It's the you know it's a personal thing. The yeah. dude, the dude, like you know, the facial hair is a part of the image, right? So right. like Gillette's just like this makes this makes total sense, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Gillette. I think Gillette is also associated with TSM as well. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, okay. they, they, yeah. Okay. yeah, they're 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 in there. It's uh, it's it's it, you know, it's it's really weird to sit here and like reflect like which brands have actually made it in esports in either like either the randomness and then you're like why like why are they there or you know the ones that like totally make sense. Um, so yeah, no. Um, it's 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 gonna be interesting to kind of watch and see like who who's next and, or like what brands next as well. Um, and I think, and yeah, somebody in the chat's also saying that like Boston Uprising is sponsored by Gillette as well. Like yeah, those so guys are, those... so they're just making moves in the, in the whole, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they see the potential. Yeah, exactly right. So the next thing related to league, but um, but also will in your kind of in your wheelhouse as well. Um, 
as a lot of people know, um, Nadeshot started the brand Hundred Thieves. He started the he started the. I guess it's not even a brand; it's a company. Um, they the team itself had a very very lackluster performance at Worlds. Um, there were some very shady roster moves that really did, had no exposure. And since since their elimination from Worlds, uh, Nadeshot came came out and explained. May almost did like a public apology. Was like, listen, guys. Um, his background is 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 as 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 everybody knows, it's COD, um, and he's used to basically having these roster moves that don't get a lot of lightning exposure because that's the background he's known from. Like this, that's that's kind of the thing, um, and basically wanted to let everybody know that he would be more, they'd be more open moving forward and stuff like that about how the roster setup is and everything like that. Um, he seems like a pretty genuine dude. The guy seems like he like he, he you know he, he he puts on a good face. And he, he genuinely cares about his brand, about his team, about his players, everything like that. Um, I just want to see if you guys think that, the, you know, this is like a genuine thing or if he's just kind of, if he's just kind of covering, you know, covering his behind just to make sure, like, you know, to defend how, how poor of a, uh, how poor of a performance they had. Um, you know, is, is, is like, I, I mean, Dylan, you've been around what well, it sounds like as long as well as far as esports. So I don't know. I don't know how far, uh, how much you fall of Nade Shot. But yeah, do you guys think this is legit, or do you think he's just trying to save his hide? I think, I think it was a good business decision on his end to post <laughs> that video. I actually watched the video. I know exactly. Oh, did you? Okay. About. It's surprising. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I think he. I think he ended up doing what he set out to do in that in when making that video. But the only thing that kind of irked me a little bit was he said that, and that that was his point that in Call of Duty that roster moves were just kind of done and no one ever really made a big deal about it. I, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I I think every roster move on any pro team that has any kind of following at all has a big, you know, a big impact and almost requires an explanation, right? Coming from any any competitive sports organization, just not even not even just esports. Anytime anytime a big name player is moved, fans demand a reason for it. It's not that they're. It's not that. It's not that they they need your approval. The fans aren't saying you need to have our approval to move somebody, but they want to know why. Yeah. Right. And it's that. And he's right in saying that when you have that disconnect between you know if you want to call it management uh, and the players, then people just don't. They they have no interest in 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 following that organization at all because they just know that they'll, they'll never really know what's going on. And that's what people want to do is they want to feel connect. They want to feel connected to an organization, right? So that was my that was my thing. It that bothered me a little bit, but overall, I liked the video. I liked where he's coming from with it. Dylan, did you get a did you get a chance to watch it or? No, I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I mean, well, well, you know your stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that and, and that was the big that was the big takeaway part of that video that I was I genuinely wanted some like input on because I found yeah he carried himself very well he he put he presented that that whole situation very very well but that was the one thing to kind of credit. Like and like, I mean, it seems like a minor thing from the video standpoint. But you gotta think too. Like, he's blaming the entire reason he wasn't talking about his players being moved and released on his background. And if that background yeah. isn't true, that's kind of that. You know, that's kind of sketchy. That's why I'm not too sure if it's a genuine yeah, thing or not. I think he would have been better off if he just had not said that. Like, he yeah. didn't have to say. He didn't have to give a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the video wasn't an wasn't an explanation. It was more more of like an apology, and here's what we're gonna do moving forward. I don't think he needed to give a reason, and he ended up using that one as his reason. I just don't think it was a good one. 
Hmm. Do you think that's going to be any lashback from like the from like the FBS community? Do you think they're going to be like they're going to look? Uh, I guess not because I mean yeah. it's it's two totally different genres, right? So yeah, and I and I I feel like at least I mean this is coming from from me. I'm not trying to speak for the whole FBS community, but I I feel like um, the better the relationship are between the two communities, the better off everyone is. And and really and truly, I think Nadeshot is the only one that I really see trying to do that. Hmm. You know, there's not many people that are even reaching out to the other the other gaming communities. They're just focusing on their, you know, their, their one genre, thing. their one thing, right? But he's trying to kind of co-mingle everything together. Uh, and I, I mean, it could just be my ignorance, but uh, I don't, I don't see many other people, try, you know, even trying to do that. I think, I, yeah, I think the only other one that I've seen that's been successfully and not even su- totally successfully because they had a, a lackluster season was uh, was Optic because Optic yeah. is. Which I mean, but I mean, it's Optic. Optic's been around for forever. They're right. like one of the, they're one of the first brands ever. Um, so I think, but again, you're right. I think Nate, and Nate Shot is, I think, doing a lot better job publicly of is, is associating everything together. Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So on that note, um, I want to kind of move over to back more further into the SBS and actually talking about Optic. Um, so, CSGO, uh, CSGO, as we all know, is a is a worldwide phenomenon. It's great. It's everywhere, um, including India. Um, I guess Optic has a branch of a uh, of a CSGO team in India specifically. Um, unfortunately for them, something we haven't seen in ages because it's esports as a as a whole has developed so so crazy. Um, we actually saw our first. I think this is uh, in the recent history that I've seen somebody actually running hacks on a uh, on a, at a LAN event. Um, Forsaken, uh, player for Optic, for Optic Gaming, was running hacks, and like I saw, I saw the video, and it's 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 so hard to watch because the you guy is like, hold him back? yeah, yeah, he he tries like he tries like basically the ref tries like going to the computer, and he like tries to like shove him away and like try and try and basically like get him away from the computer. So like, yeah. what like I don't know, like what do we think motivated this guy to do this? Like why like why do you think that was like why do you think he thought that was a good idea? Like I mean, do we think this is just maybe like do we think this is like like because India is not like a super a developed esports region? Do we think this is why we saw this and it's not like they haven't gone through the growing pains already or what do you think? I I think it's a mixture of a couple different things. So one, I think it's just pressure. I mean, if you're if you're Team Optic India, that's a lot of pressure on you because you have this big company that's going into a region that um, esports isn't super super blowing up yet. Um, this we're we're just starting to see kind of the wheels turning over there and and really esports starting to take off. So I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on these players, and I'm sure that you know it is the Optic name behind them, but I don't know how much of the Optic infrastructure is there. I don't know if they have you know the top tier pr guys if they have the top tier like analysts and coaches over there to kind of steer these guys in the right direction so you know they might just be you know kind of a a really good team kind of thrown together with uh some good good money behind them you know Mm. um and so unfortunately this is something that you know if we brought up uh, I'm sure Will, Will, you you would know for sure. Like a couple years ago, like ten years ago or something, if this happened at a tournament, they'd be like, oh, like, yeah. I mean, it happened. We caught him. No big deal. But like, th- yeah. it, it wouldn't be surprising that this happened for sure. So, uh, I'm I'm not super shocked 
at all. But I mean, the video is really funny because like they do try to pull him away. And um, I saw some uh, pictures. I think uh, there was a Twitter thread about it, and there were some pictures um, in the thread of just like he was hiding just like the hacks as it was just like named like word dot something dot like batch or it was was something ridiculous like that and um the reason why he pulled him away is because he was right about to delete it and it's it's funny because he just he like literally like i think right click delete and he was going for the recycle bin to try to clear it out and oh my god um and so they said he did delete it so that might have been what happened maybe he did delete it and they were able to get it from the recycling bin in time yep yep they were able to get it and between that and then the the software that they're running to pick up that kind of stuff they just uh they were like oh no it's just too many too many red flags pointing in this direction yeah yeah. well clearly if he did it he must have thought he could get away with it well it's it's, so i don't i don't get it i don't understand it well it's actually interesting because um csgo has some actually really elaborate hacks into it like super super elaborate that like you think someone going in with aimbot it's like oh it's super obvious because like they're just like whipping around going to heads and stuff um but it was a couple years no maybe it wasn't a couple years ago maybe it was one of the first a couple stories that we actually did here on project esports because i remember talking about it with you guys um it was something like the the hack is like every like fourth shot or something that you do will go to the head so players who are really good you're you're pointing up towards the head anyways it's just that your spread on the fourth shot just like instantly goes to the head so it's something that's like not super obvious and you still have to be pretty good at the game to you know kind of pull that kind of stuff off but obviously it gives you a huge leg up so i don't know exactly what kind of hacks this guy was doing but it could have been something along those lines of where you know it is a little bit hard to detect sometimes no doubt yeah yeah because if it is set up in that manner i mean it's it's like i mean so like if it's something like that like every fourth shot or something like that, that's believable for somebody to pick off somebody like on the fourth shot you know what i mean so trying to be able to discover that it seems really really ridiculous i i'm curious to kind of see what happens one to this guy's career two what happens to optic india to see how like how much this majorly implicates the brand like i don't know i don't know or optic in general like i don't know like if they're gonna like face flashback and there are other regions like north america where they're so dominant right um I'm, it's kind of interesting to see how that how the and this is this is like the nice like i, I don't even want to say the nice part because it's not the nice part it's the unfortunate part about globalization with like with brands and stuff like that what your your team in like you know a, across the sea does is going to screw you over where you're based out of you know what i mean and you need to you need to kind of face that and it just seems like such a uh like almost like a hassle to try and you know police these different brands or like these these different like sub like these offshoots of your brand, right? Um, to make sure you don't get stuff like this, right? Ugh. It's a tough one. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough <laughs> call to make. I mean, I like back when I was playing competitively. Um, I mean, most most none of my events I did were LAN events, but um, there was a an, like a zero tolerance, uh, you know, rule, and everyone knew it that there was a zero tolerance rule in effect for cheating. And if you were che- if you were caught cheating, you and your team gone yeah so it wasn't it wasn't even just like the it wasn't the player specifically it was everybody right everybody yeah now i can't see them reaching out to the whole optic organization obviously but they (laughs) like i think that optic would have almost have to you know be forced to cut ties with there's five of them 
on that team? Uh, for CSGO, I think so, yeah. For, yeah, that they would cut ties with all five of them. But I I don't know. They might be able to just put it off as it was, you know, they didn't know, and it was this one guy who did this on his own. I don't know how they'll be able to spin it. But. I, I think this is what's going to happen. Um, just because it's a modern esports organization, um, we're going to see press release um, saying that they don't tolerate this kind of behavior on any of their teams, on any of their platforms. Um, they're going to instantly drop him um obviously dq'd from the entire tournament um but besides that i think that's all that's going to happen i mean it's i think that's the right move too i think i think if that's what ends up happening i think that's the right the right action to take for sure do you think do you think there's gonna be any hope it never happens again well exactly exactly right do you think there's gonna be any implications towards the coaching staff or do you think because he like acted on his own and stuff like that that nobody else is going to be really guilty or associated with him do you think there's gonna be any of that that like you know, stemming out and it being other play- people's fault because they were either aware of it. Um, like, you know, guilty by association sort of thing. Do we think that's it's going to be any, you know... I think, they'll do, I think they'll do a very, very thin and just borderline investigation to see if they know if anyone else was aware of it and probably won't turn up anything and then they'll just say, yeah, and if this happens again, you know, it's on all of you or something like that. Yeah, I think it's going to be mostly internal. Um, yeah. They're just going to do kind of like an internal audit, see what's going on. and But externally, we probably won't hear any of that stuff unless they, they discover it's a whole big cheating ring. Yeah, like, yeah, it's the whole team's in on it and stuff like that, yeah. right? All right. With that being said, then let's uh, let's let's go over to the reason why we do have we do have Will on the podcast t- tonight. Uh, the the big we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks, um, especially when it was uh, on the on the up and up. Um, Call of Duty. Call of Duty has been absolutely annihilating numbers on Twitch. They've been like it's been their show. Um, we talked about this briefly a little bit in like the pre-show on, or in the in so much of the pre-show, but just before we went live, um, basically about. Oh, Call of Duty, what it has to offer, what is new with this iteration, and why it why it's becoming so popular. Um, well, you had a couple of really good points on like uh, on the speed, on like you know, on like um, basically what every player was kind of after. Do you want to kind of get back into that and reiterate that? Yeah, sure. Um, my my big thing with like, Call of Duty has always been a, a very competitive game, right? There, are, there, are, it's not one of those games you just go you go on and you know you mean you just kind of float around a little bit. Like you're there and you're there trying to win the game. Right, it's just the way the game's designed, and I find for a competitive game like that, the least amount of restrictions the game can put on you and your ability to play, the the better off you are. And this is this is the first time that I've I've played a Call of Duty pretty much I'd say since COD Four, um, or M maybe MW Two, um, that I felt like I was fully in control of my character and my shot, um. Which makes which makes it you know amazing. It, what it does do though too, which is you can kind of trade it off as a bad thing, but I think it's a great thing in the competitive competitive scene is the skill gaps massive, right? Okay. It's, if 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 I'm in complete control, that means I can do stuff. I'm not hindered by the game at all. Mm-hmm. And if I go on and start playing public matches, the the gap in skill is, is so is so big that it almost makes it not fun. And that's why the competitive side of it kind of takes over, where you're just kind of saying, okay, I'm gonna go now and I'm just gonna go play with guys that are at my level. Right. Okay. Right. So that's that's kind of the big thing that I noticed. It's an extremely athletic game. Like you you can move in that game like at will, and it's fast paced. You got to go. You got to be able to think fast. Um, referring kind of specifically to Blackout, the battle royale game, it's it's more simple. I find it simpler than the other battle royale games where it's really just positioning and shot. If you if you're smart enough, you can get in the better position than the guy you're going at and you have a better shot you'll win that battle 10 times out of 10 literally 
So it's a game that it's a game that you're going to see a lot of these top players, a lot of these pro players, just absolutely dominate. Like they're going to be they're going to be doing some ridiculous stuff. The content that's going to come out as a result of it, the 360, you know, quick scopes and all that <laughs> stuff. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Uh, and then you just add in the fact that they they really just kind of optimize the multiplayer, the old traditional Call of Duty game style. And although it it can still be frustrating at times when you get spawn trapped or you're you know what I mean? Getting shot in the back every three seconds. There's still those frustrations, <laughs> but um, but it, it's a lot better than what it has been previous years. And I and I think the fact that it's coming off of, I mean, I think WW two, the title just before it was like almost a complete bust. Like the launch was terrible. They didn't really do anything to the game. There were there in terms of a competitive standpoint, there was only three maps. You know? Oh you my know, god! Anytime, yeah. Anytime you're anytime you're a competitive player that doesn't like to do one and dones, you like to play a series. You're playing the same three map cycle, you know, 20, Every. 25 times a night. It gets, it wears down on you, right? So I think that was an absolute bust. And then I, I was kind of, I, I fell in love with with Fortnite over the summer, and I was even getting to the point where I was like, I'm not even going to get Black Ops Four. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not even going to buy it. Like I, I've, I've dedicated so much time to the Call of Duty franchise, and I just don't think that they can deliver it anymore. And then even when they announced that they were doing a battle royale. I was like, they're gonna screw this up. Like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna find a way to screw this up. And it's what everyone wanted. Like when PUBG came out, and everyone was like, I want this game. I want, I want to play PUBG, but I just want it to be a little bit faster and a little bit smoother, right? Basically, what I want is I want PUBG with Call of Duty gun mechanics. And I feel like they did it. They did it yeah. this year. So um, I'm excited. Uh, I think the competitive uh, BR is gonna take off. Maybe not quite to the level that Fortnite did. Um, but I think it will be there. So I think you're going to see a huge competitive scene for both Blackout, uh, and you'll see the traditional competitive scene in Black Ops 4 and the same kind of thing when you see guys like like Karma uh, and those guys and Scump playing uh, mo- Call of Duty multiplayer, and the stuff that they're doing is just insane. And uh, it's going to make for some it's going to make for some fun events for sure. I kind of wanted to kind of build on a point you kind of said earlier that basically the the skill gap is so noticeable in, yeah. in, in, in the multiplayer that the, the, the skilled players really like basically going in pub stomp more or yeah. less. Right. Do, and so do you think this is going to be, do you think that's going to be ultimately part of the game's downfall? Or do you think that, 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 that pre-established skill gap is going to make it so that the good players are only playing with the good players and the bad players are playing with the bad players? Or do you think this is going to like, you think there's going to be a lot of crossover or because it's gotten so popular because of the BR that the actual multiplayer itself, um, now, when I say multiplayer, I mean like the you know the straight up five v fives and stuff like right. that. Or four, yeah. Do you think the, the two are going to cross over? Do you think this is going to be an issue or like? See, and this is why I don't I don't think that I don't think that this Call of Duty title will ever be as big as Fortnite or League of Legends or CS:GO or any of those huge titles. Uh, and the only reason I think that is because I think it's only really going to take off uh, from a competitive standpoint. I don't really think the game has a huge um you know multiplayer you know friendly vibe to it which fortnite mm-hmm. had for sure that was one of the reasons that they they absolutely killed it because you could be a complete noob hop into a fortnite drop out of that battle bus man and you're having a fun time right where call of duty and it might just be me like i had maybe just because i'm such a competitive person but like you can only take so much of that you can only take so much of getting your ass beat in call of duty before you're, you're ready to throw the controller out the window like honestly it's a it's a it's a frustrating game when things aren't going well um and and i think with that skill gap um most of these guys that are just hopping on 
on their 60 inch TV with their Dolby digital surround sound, you know, just playing a pub with sitting on their couch with their buddy behind them, you know, eating pizza. I don't think they're going to have fun um, playing the game. I, I, I really, I really don't. I think they're going to play one game and hop off. You know what I so mean? You, so, so you think the, cause I mean like right now the, like the writing's kind of on the wall as far as like numbers and stuff like that. But do you think yeah. there's going to be a significant drop off? Like basically people getting like, okay, this yeah. is the, you know, this is the hot new thing, but screw this after a while. Right. Yeah. I think that's it. It's the, the re- I mean, the, don't get me wrong. The launch was, was an extreme success. Like, you know, t- it, t- it took over Twitch, which I don't think anyone really expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a huge success, but I definitely think you're going to see a drop off. I think it's going to be a much, much better title and have a much, much bigger following and community than the previous COD titles have Right over, say, the last six titles or so. Um, but I don't think it's going to get, I don't think it's going to get that big internationally. And I don't really think it's going to get that big, um, in terms of a non-competitive scene. You're not okay. going to see in pop culture like you did with Fortnite. Like okay. Drake's, Drake's not going to be on playing Black Ops, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, That's, that might just be my take on it. I'm, I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. So, well, I actually want to pick your brain a little bit about this. Sure. So, um, obviously Call of Duty has its peaks, um, in terms of multiplayer, like uh, some games definitely peak more than others. Like you were saying before, WW2, you know, more or less flopped. So yeah. just looking at this game um, from a competitive aspect, I know you said um, Blackout's probably going to have some competitiveness uh, around it and we're going to see some good competition around it. But what do you think the regular multiplayer for, for this is going to do for the Call of Duty scene? Do you think, um, obviously, I-, I would assume from where it was, it's going to go up a little bit, but do you think we're going to see kind of a, a big re, like resurgence in, in, in competitiveness for Call of Duty or what do you think? I think so. I think it'll, I think it's going to get back. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to, I mean, the, the actual esports whole community is bigger now, so there will be more people playing it. Um, but I def, I definitely think it's going to do better than the previous uh, COD titles, maybe with the exception of Black Ops 2. I think Black Ops 2 for, for a competitive um, gaming scene, they hit the nail on the head with that one and people, people were just killed i personally never played it competitively um just because i wasn't i was kind of outside of the video game world at that point um but i I don't think it'll i don't think it'll get to that level again though um you might it it really depends honestly the 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 size of the events and the size of the of the prize pool is really is really what draws the big attention and the big numbers but obviously there needs to be a huge following in order for prize pools to increase right so i Hmm. honestly i i really don't know at this point um you know what it is all i can say is that i haven't been excited for a call of duty title in probably you know six years and and that's I'm, heartbreaking I'm, i know man and i like cods cods in me cods in my heart like i spent a lot of time on that game and uh i will say though this is and, and this is coming from me having played it now like i'm not just saying this in terms of an initial opinion before its release i'm i'm excited i'm excited to to i'm excited to play blackout a lot and I'm excited to really get into competitive gaming again with uh, with the Black Ops Four. So I think it's I think it's an, a level playing field in which you'll you'll see teams you know really good teams be able to really go at it. Yeah. So kind of a fault for that. Um, a lot of esports out there, League of Legends, PC only. Overwatch might as well be PC only. Don't even talk about console for that game. Um, but a, lo- a lot of these super popular esports we've seen mainly one console only. You know, mm-hmm. um, even like fighting games, they're primarily on one console, but like having a fight stick kind of unites them, um, even cross-platform. So for Call of Duty coming out on basically every major console and PC, 
um, and probably this one being the biggest PC launch just because it's on the, the BNet client, do you think that has anything to do with the competitiveness? Do you think, you know, say if it was only on one console, it would be a little bit bigger? Maybe if it was only on PC, it'd be a little bit bigger? Or do you think, you know, having all of them on everything kind of works against it? I don't, I don't think it'll have much impact on, on the compet. So here's my thing. So if you take, if you look at just the multiplayer aspect of the game, the traditional COD play, I think it's always been my impression that it's been, it's a game better suited for console, right? Put everyone on the same, on the same machine, playing under the same conditions, and you know, let's see who the who the best player is. I think with the black with blackout, and again, how athletic the game is, and how how much you can move around, and. I think that ultimately, in order to play to the absolute top of your potential, I think you need to be on a PC. Um, that's just my take on it. And that's coming from a console gamer, someone who's played console their whole life. I only ever PC game for probably two years of my life. Um, I think that I think that in terms of a battle royale, you know, the big the big map with with crowded with people, and you got to really use your head to get around. I think that PC is the way to play. And I don't think that the game would have been a success if they weren't able to get blackout to run on pc which i think was probably a big challenge for them um and that's why i kind of didn't have uh i wasn't optimistic that they'd be able to do it and do it well but uh, i think they did a great job so far and i I haven't got much feedback from cod pc players obviously most of the people in my community are uh are more so console gamers but uh from what i see in terms of you know content on youtube and, and watching people's streams it looks like it runs extremely smooth um on pc so i'm excited to see that's where you're going to see um the big blackout players uh playing the game i would say and i think that the multiplayer will stick mainly to the console okay that's yeah that's an interesting dynamic that's an interesting takeaway that i like kind of wasn't expecting because you, you think well you know it typically like it's basically i don't want to say it's almost proven but i mean it's pretty it's a pretty widely known thing that nine times out of ten a shooter on PC kind of beats out a shooter on console. Like that, like as far as like, rea- like, you know, a mouse and keyboard kind of surpasses a controller. Right. right. So for you to kind of put that divide and being like, okay, well the BR is going to stay to PC and the, in the, you know, in the, the traditional, the multiplayer is going to stick to console. That's kind of interesting. Cause I, I, it's not something I, I kind of expected out of, out of this title. Um, or I guess out of the scene itself. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm kind of, I'm going to, kind of pay close attention to kind of see how that develops i, th- I, I think it also has to do with the like are you guys have you guys ever watched like tournament gameplay for br um in which basically they're not playing against each other all the time a lot of times it's a kill count type game yeah it is yeah so i think the fact that i mean if you have pc players right if, if you're playing 100 frames per second and then someone else playing 20 you have such a competitive edge on them right mm-hmm. whereas if you're going head to head that competitive edge comes more into play but if you're just if you're just going out playing against you know random randoms in a, in a pub match it does you don't really it doesn't it doesn't really affect the gameplay that much okay do you, do you understand what i'm saying when, when you're yeah. not directly against another person and and the multiplayer for cod is more of a direct you know 1v1 kind of in your face battle and that's when i think you need to level the playing field and make it as even as possible for everyone to really find out who the best gamer is Right, and you think that's gonna set basically like stabilize over over console vice PC? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
No, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, because I, I like again, like I, like I said, that's not a, that's not a dynamic I considered. That's not that's not something I thought would be like you know be considered by like not only not only by anybody like who's like, kind of an onlooker, but also the community right. itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's by design. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not by design. It's basically that's I just feel like that's where the, where it's gonna go from a competitive standpoint. I think that I think that PC players are gonna are gonna really stay focused on the BR. Uh, and then I think that the, the actual multiplayer, you know, MLG LAN events and things like that are going to be, uh, strictly console, strictly console. Yeah. It'll okay. Be, it'll be PlayStation, obviously, um, just because of their partnership, but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So kind of, uh, kind of switch gears and kind of tone it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're going to go into something that wasn't that, I mean, it's kind of like a timeless classic. It's been around for like, since, you know, the beginning of video games, more or less. Um, but Dylan actually shared this for us and uh, had a chance to check out the video. The Tetris Classic World Championship was on, and this is like, this is not like classic games is usually something we don't cover. It's it, you know because it's such a, like a niche market. But this was crazy to watch. This was insane. Um, basically, for anybody who hasn't watched it, there was a new world champion crowned, and the 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 head to head between these two was absolutely ridiculous. It was insane. Dylan, I know this is kind of this is your thing, so I want I, I kind of want to let you have this, man. Yeah. So, um, classic Tetris is basically what it what what it is. It's like one of the like most classic versions of Tetris out there. Um, it's a head to head kind of mode, and the way it kind of works is that everyone has I think everyone has the same blocks. Um, so. You know, throughout the, the course, you will get the same things that your opponent's getting. And the way you go against them is that you go for score. And the way that you score highly in Tetris is you just get a Tetris in the game, which I think it's um, five blocks or more um, height. So if there's five blocks or more height and you clear the field, that's a Tetris. Um, so basically the big points are the Tetris, so you want to get as many Tetrises as you can. And what's interesting about this is that... Um, as it goes on, it gets faster and faster and faster. So around, I think it's 20, I want to say 26 or so, level 20, 26 or so, around there it starts getting really hard, where like these top tier players like will lose. They'll just lose the game. Mm -hmm. um, and so what was really interesting about this matchup, it was um, Joseph versus Jonas. And I believe Jonas was the one, he's an older dude, he's been the reigning champ for like seven years in a row for Classic Tetris. Really big deal. And this young kid, Joseph, he's really, really good, and he kind of came up and just, it was a huge upset. And the way the finals kind of play out, I would definitely recommend anyone go out, go out and watch the VOD. Um, it's a really hype VOD. And actually, James Chen is, uh, is casting it, and he's a, a Street Fighter caster. I knew I recognized his yep. voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was casting it, and I, um, I, I love, I love his casting. He's, he's, he's really, really good at it. But um, so it was going on, and they get around uh, to the upper twenties, and Joseph or Jonas is ahead, um, in points, uh, but he loses. Um, he, I think he made one misplay, and then you know it just stacked up, and he lost. And um, Joseph, what his his main thing is, is that. I forget the exact word they use, um, but he specializes when it gets really fast, and he's able to drop um, the just drop the bricks really fast and kind of do a lot of really fast uh, placements. Um, he's really really good at that, and that's where he excels. And of course, because they started getting to that level, he was able to just just knock out a bunch of Tetrises and get to like level thirty or so, which is absolutely insane. Um, so the the older dude was ahead, and 
he he um he lost his and so his score was just basically frozen and so this young kid was like all right well i have to come back from here and then he just like he just goes into like hyper mode just starts like dropping bricks left and right and then it's like boom tetris boom tetris boom tetris he gets it and then like of course he doesn't play it out but like once he he hits the score he just like drops his controller and yeah. starts he starts wow. popping off um <laughs> it's really yeah. hype and what's crazy if you go hey like check out this eSport. It's like the oldest version of Tetris. I promise it's hype. Um, normally you wouldn't even think of that, but it actually gets really crazy once once everything's going really, really fast. And especially since it's like head to head in that kind of mode, I think it's super awesome. And I think the reason why we're seeing this is because there's a new Tetris game coming out. I think it's called Tetris Effect. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, it, it's really hype. I really like it. Uh, I started getting into Tetris when uh, Poyo Poyo Cross Tetris came out. Um, it came out for the Wii uh, maybe like two years ago or so. Um, but that had a really, really cool Tetris mode to it. And I really liked it. So I, I like to see when when weird classic games kind of break into like our, our sphere of esports. I know, James, me and you had that long talk about, I think it was chess a couple months ago. Yeah, it was. Um, when yeah. that was blowing up. So I, I like when, when alt, alt esports comes, comes around. And you know, a lot of times they're hype. I mean, like, yeah, it was like, I mean, it's almost like a, like, like the hipster eSport, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like, that's kind of what we're we seeing. I spent a lot of time playing Tetris on my BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> that game's addictive, for sure. Mm. And it's hard. It's hard, for sure. I can, I gotta, I gotta watch that video. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's cra- and the nice part is, too, is the, the, the camaraderie about, like, how the two interact, like, after it is, like, there's no, there's no malice. Like, they're both, like, super yeah. hyped for each other, right? So, yeah. No, it's 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 awesome, and like I and I think because I think because the esports the esports scope is getting so 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 big, um, you're gonna start seeing like again these alt esports kind of making a resurgence. These these games that have been around for ages, you know, kind of coming back into 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 the limelight because everybody everybody's just hungry for more. Everybody wants more more content to kind of digest, just like just like us, right? Like I mean, I mean. Half the reason our show works is because people want more stuff to find, so we find stuff like this, right? So, I think I think this is I think this is just kind of like the beginning of seeing like this other stuff coming back up, and especially because um, you know Buddy from Street Fighter was the one commentating it. You're seeing like personalities like him getting involved in this other stuff and almost like resurrecting it, right? So, I think if we continue to see that, it was the same thing we're seeing like like in more and more crossover as well. Bruce Buffer, the announcer for UFC recently did a trailer for dota like that's that's what we're starting i'll I'll put that i'll put that link up on our on our twitter in a little bit because uh yeah it it was ridiculous and you're starting to see that right so it's this it's this constant crossover of mainstream sports going into esports esports going into alt esports and then basically everybody's encompassed which is sick it's awesome like that's that's kind of that's that's what you want right um and finally, finally, to round off our night, um, this happened a little while ago. Um, for a lot of people involved in the the esports community, a very controversial but a very very popular person um, was Total Biscuit. Um, he of course had this crazy crazy long battle with cancer. Uh, he beat it, came back, beat it, came back, sort of thing. Um, he is now the first person who's not a pro player to be inducted into the esports hall of fame. Um, it, this was announced, I think, last week, I think, or just just within this last week. Um, yeah, basically, basically being inducted. I I can unfortunately, I'm going to see some. I, I can imagine seeing some lashback about that. But I think overall, for what he's done for esports as a whole, this is totally justified. Um, 
Will, I'm not too sure your familiarity with Total, Total Biscuit, if you're familiar uh, with the... Not, unfortunately. Okay, fair, fair enough. But Dylan, do you feel like this is the... This is totally understandable? Like, Yeah, 110%. Uh, Total Biscuit is someone who came out on YouTube, made a lot of YouTube videos, and he's very, very successful. And he didn't have to get involved with esports, but he mm -hmm. did. It wasn't advantageous for him financially to do this kind of stuff, but he really believed in it. And especially like StarCraft, of where he really threw a lot of weight behind StarCraft. He threw a lot of weight behind League of Legends. I mean, he had an item named after him because of, yeah, yeah the, the Total Biscuit. Total um, Biscuit of Rejuvenation, yeah. Yeah, because I think... Like it was actually in the game? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. they, they oh, ran wow. a promotion a long time ago with League of Legends that if you got like something crazy like more than a thousand or ten thousand referrals or something like that they were like oh well you know name an item in the game after you and i think it was yeah. him and maybe one other person athene athene was the other one yeah athene's whole holy grail right yeah yeah unholy unholy girl, unholy which is girl. Suiting. yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah so he was someone who actually like really pushed people into league of legends uh through his videos and pushed starcraft really really hard um and you know he even had a team axiom who always ran at a loss because he just really wanted to support the scene and support a lot of these really good players that, you know, he wasn't making money, but he had enough of a profit to, to kind of say, you know what, I don't need all this just money going to me. I'm going to throw some into my team so I can support these players and support the scene. So um, I, I am very happy to see this. Um, I really wish, you know, a lot of this stuff would have happened a little bit earlier on. And, you know, hopefully a lot of yeah. people did reach out to him, you know, when he was still around and, and let him know how much of an impact he actually had on the esports scene, because he really did. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see this. Um, I think the first person who's not a player definitely, you know, I, I think it should be him for sure. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's basically suiting that it, this is the first guy to kind of to kind of break that break that barrier of being personalities and, and you know supporters i guess of uh of you know being inducted into the hall of fame which is great like i mean the, the guy is in my opinion as well the guy deserves the guy deserves it 100 he's done so much for esports as a whole like i mean we wouldn't be doing the show um you know like like my involvement in, in in league and shit like that like it wouldn't it wouldn't be happening because of like dudes like this right so no i think i think it's totally justified as well i i am more than comfortable going on the record of saying that <laughs> despite despite the guy's controversy because it's a sin like like i wish i wish there wasn't that 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 air around him but no that's it, it's good it's great i actually i actually want to go and look at the hall of fame and see who else is in there because i'm not i'm not super familiar with like the rest the rest of the names or anything like that um i'm sure there's gonna be ones you recognize but you know kind of want to go through it yeah, but, actually, before before yeah. we wrap this up, I definitely yeah, want to sure. just share one of my favorite Total Biscuit quotes of all time. Mm -hmm. um, Total Biscuit once said that, I will support this scene on my wrecked dick if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Just, yeah, it, the guy was ridiculous. The guy was, like, absolutely insane. And and that was just it. He was going to support it, like, literally with his dying breath, man. Like, he, like even even when he was, like on his way out he was still making content and stuff like that that was the crazy part right mm -hmm. he never he never he never stopped so but yeah no with that um will unless you have anything else my friend to kind of add in to anything no i just want to say thanks for having me on i had a lot of fun and i'm glad i could contribute more than i more than i had thought i would um but uh, <laughs> i appreciate a lot of fun and uh hopefully we can do it again sometime hell yeah man absolutely uh dylan what about you buddy no it's just Thanks, Will, for coming by. Definitely really good to hear about Call of Duty and, and just first-person shooters in depth a little bit more, for sure. Absolutely. 
Yeah, because it's definitely not it's definitely not mine, Dylan, or Andrew's wheelhouse. Like, I mean, right. it's not it's not our that's not our scene. So yeah, to kind of have you kind of come on as our yeah, a, a resident expert, that's great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, with that, guys, uh, that kind of wraps us up for the Project Esports podcast. I hope I didn't do too bad of a job uh, hosting in Andrew's in Andrew's place. Um, I'm trying to think of like how we do our usual closing because I never have to worry about it. Um, Dylan, do you want to do your part there, my friend? Yeah. So um, obviously we go live every Monday, 6:30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time over here at the Game House's uh, Twitch channel. Uh, you can also find us the following day every Tuesday morning um, on iTunes, um, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, every single podcast platform out there. Um, we always have the VODs up as well as the Game House's YouTube uh, channel. But just go out and just search Project Esports Podcast on any uh, podcast platform and we'll be there uh, for your listening. Yeah, and every every like, subscribe, anything you guys chuck us means it means the world to us um especially like like any social any even you know on here even just weighing in the chat i've seen i've seen uh good old coach bill here was getting a fair bit of flack from his uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> getting a fair bit of flack from his uh, supporters I didn't choose that one <laughs> but yeah no man it all it all it all means a lot we all appreciate it here so uh yeah and again thank you will for coming on man being Thanks our being our resident expert it. yeah i know guys uh with that i'm james i'm dylan i'm will Perfect. Thanks for watching the Project Esports Podcast.